everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary. Boo! Oh, it's like we never left. <laughs> I am your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as guest co-host this week, that was Hannah Michaels you just heard. Hi. I'm uh, I'm taking Kratom instead of caffeine because I'm an epic gamer. Oh, that, yeah, that does sound like gamer shit. I mean, if I had Kratom in front of me, I would just take both, probably. Hannah, how's it going? Thank you for doing the first episode of Pretty Scary after a very long hiatus. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I can't wait. I am excited, too. If people are wondering, will Cindy be back on the podcast, my co-host? Of course she will. Will Carrie be back on the podcast? Hopefully, but I think so. Will Caitlin be back on the podcast? Go listen to the 200th episode. Caitlin left the show. She's doing TV stuff now. But for all of you who have been clamoring, Pretty Scary is back. We're going to do two episodes a month. One of them will be a free episode. The other will be a bonus episode. And then on the weeks when there aren't Pretty Scary, we'll be doing True Crime Sucks. So we're cutting back to two episodes of that each month. So I hope you're happy. You got pretty scary back, but now two episodes of True Crime Suck have to die <laughs> for this to happen. I, I just realized it is not visible. I was clapping for the other hosts. <laughs> and Cindy and Carrie both have pretty complicated schedules in that they can only record in the evenings. And I don't like recording in the evenings. So there will, when we can't coordinate with those two, there I'll just have a rotating group of guest co-hosts. And here's the thing. I feel like, Hannah, you are particularly suited for the episode we're talking about today because you love some goddamn cryptids, huh? Oh, God, I do. I love them so much. Uh, it's ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't I mean, they're, even they're believe in most of them. I don't. Do I believe in any of I'm not think I, I'm not sure I believe in any of them, but I yeah. love them to my very core. And we are talking about one today that might as well be the mascot of Pretty Scary. He is in the logo for the show. We're talking about Mothman. Sexy, sexy Mothman. Mothman got that ass. That's, that's what we were saying. That statue in Point Pleasant is chiseled and gorgeous. We obviously have done an episode about Mothman before. It's one of our most popular episodes. It was called the Mothman sitcom. And we talked mostly about the Point Pleasant, West Virginia sighting, the one that kicked it all off. And we'll talk about that a little bit on this. But uh, on that episode, we talked mostly about Mothman's unremarkable head yep. and the fact that witnesses described him as a clumsy runner, <laughs> which still feels like a little bit of hateration to me because Mothman can fly. So you don't get to be like, yeah, OK, but I run better. It's like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's still going to move better than you because it can fly. That's but fair. Also, we didn't mention that ass. No. Yeah, no. we're going to have to link to the statue in the notes. But it is glorious. It's supple. It's got a superhero body. And no one talks about that. No one was like clumsy runner. Nice ass, though. Yeah, nice leg muscles, too. Like, you would, that he looks like a graceful runner. Yeah. But he's also got those cumbersome ass wings on, mm -hmm. on his back. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was a runner at first and just sprouted the wings at some point and was like, ah, fuck, this is cool. But also monkey paw. Now I can't run. That's fair. Yeah, I'm excited for this because I don't really know anything about other Mothman sightings. I kind of I know a little bit about the Chicago ones, but not much. And uh, I really only know Point Pleasant. Yeah, we mostly focused on Point Pleasant. On the last episode, but there are so many others. Allegedly, there are so many others. What is your take on, before we get to the other Mothmen, what is your take on the Point Pleasant incident? Because I am still of the belief that it's probably a Sandhill crane. That makes the most sense to me. I think, um, I think it makes sense that a bunch of teenagers who, whose stories lined up weren't lying. But I think it also makes sense that they riled each other up. Um, yeah. I know they went straight to the police station, but before that, they were probably riling each other up um, unintentionally. And one of yeah. them, uh, we were talking about this, one of them continued to see Mothman throughout her life. And I think that's either 
A, she was really frightened at the time that she saw this probably sandhill crane. Uh, had probably they're they're huge. People don't realize how yeah. big cranes are. Um, you know, in the dark, not really seeing fully what or not really understanding fully what she was seeing. Or B, Point Pleasant is a boring fucking town, and she <laughs> wanted some excitement in her life, and good for her. Yeah, Point Pleasant definitely embraces the Mothman. I don't blame him. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. He's got that ass. He can fly. Yeah. Unremarkable head. If you can bring tourism to West Virginia, fucking do it. Yeah. Like what else is bringing people to West Virginia? Meth? I think that's it. Exactly. I I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to stereotype West Virginia, but I guess I just did like that. We can I mean, I'm now. I'm sure there are a lot of, you know, cool people there who would agree that it is boring. <laughs> but they do have that Mothman Festival. I feel like I need to check that out sometime. But yeah. I also need there to be other shit to do in the area. Yeah. Like, I don't know. How close is West Virginia to like a major sports team? Can I go like check out a baseball game and then hit the Mothman Festival? I don't know. I don't, I don't know geography. Really know. Never yeah. You're a West Coaster. The thing about us is we, especially when the states get really bunched up in the Northeast, we just we just don't. Oh, yeah. I have no clue. That's all like Boston, New York up there. Yeah, exactly. Like, and now now Western Mass is in my brain because of Dave, but oh, sure, that's it. Um, I do yeah, enjoy Northampton, but that's still Massachusetts. That's still just West Boston. It is. It is just West Boston. It's college Boston, basically. Farm, yeah, farm Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 I have no clue. I know West Virginia. It's probably west of regular Virginia. I'm guessing that part. That that sounds right. Um, west of East Virginia. Right, right. Yeah. And maybe that's why I've never seen a Mothman, because I've never been to West Virginia. So, Mothman. Let's do it. It's not just in West Virginia. For one thing, there's the Houston Batman. This doesn't really count as a Mothman sighting. It's I mean, it just, happened before the canonical Mothman, right? Yeah, it happened before. And I think we have to take into account that if people are seeing these things at all, just because we call it Mothman doesn't mean it's all the same thing. Like this, this is definitely not, this is Mothman-like, Yeah, but it's, it's not Mothman. As, as you pointed out in the notes, uh, this one wears clothes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is very un-Mothman-like if you see the statue. No dick though, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think Mothman has a dick, which is yeah. an oversight because he's got that ass. Right. So he's going to be clearly pantsless. It's, and it's it stands to reason there's got to be a moth woman, right? You would think so. I also we were talking earlier, like they're really making assumptions about a moth person's gender here, mm-hmm. considering how much they could not see and how much they do not know Mothman's heart. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what Mothman identifies as. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not so, to be a moth them. <laughs> exactly. So the Houston Batman. This is mostly tied to Mothman because of the movie The Mothman Prophecies, which I personally fucking liked a whole lot. I hate to admit I fell asleep. It's that's understandable. <laughs> the thing about the Mothman Prophecies movie is if you just saw the trailer, you were expecting a monster movie. Like you're right. expecting that you're going to see the Mothman at some point, And you right. very much do not. You never see that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That, that motherfucker, I guess. I feel like the casting of Richard Gere does hint at that. This is not going to be a monster movie, but yeah, it also hints at we don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Yeah. It was a weird film. That's for sure. But and and I could see even if you were like a fan of the Mothman, I could see you being disappointed by the movie. But yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of the Mothman. I'm also a fan of, of good movies. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I like it a lot. It's weird. It's a weird movie, though. It's definitely weird. There are definitely points where there were definitely points where I was not asleep because I was just like, "What the fuck? What is is this a dream sequence?" I. Yeah. There's. There's a lot of that. It did blend into the sleep quite nicely. (laughs) What that movie did is there's a point where they show a reference, like news articles that are talking about the Houston Batman 
And then they mentioned that Mothman was sighted right before really famous hurricanes in Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that more a little later. But that's how these two have come to be related. Right. First, let's talk about the Houston Batman. He is he's different from Mothman, but also very similar. His story starts in 1953. A young Houston housewife named Hilda Walker was sitting on her porch with. Oh, sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I just looked up because some people have asked with. I, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just looked up on my phone. When was Batman the character? When was he first copyrighted? When did he first appear before this? Which is surprising because yeah. they're allowed to just call him Batman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Can you buy Houston Batman merch? I guess not. That's the thing is Mothman. There's a lot of tourism around Mothman. So, okay. It makes sense. They can call this one Batman. Yeah. I mean, there's some, no, there really is not any Houston Batman stuff. I Cause Googled there's shit to do in Houston. And I, I found a Batman shirt where he's wearing Houston Astros colors in front of a thin blue line flag. Oh, fuck you, Batman. Ugh. Uh, oh. What are you punisher? Exactly. So the Houston Batman. Yeah, it is after Batman, the character. And I've seen it referenced that they aren't really sure if that's what people had in mind when they spotted this thing. That's the thing is the original Chupacabra, the Puerto Rican one, not Mm -hmm. the one that is Coyotes with Mage, um, very much from the movie Species, spotted by a woman who had just seen the movie Species. Yeah. And... That is the case with a few of these stories where they're things that are supposed to have happened way back in the day, but the stories just like pop up very recently. Yeah. And another common thing is people who are struggling, people who are in politically or just socially contentious times and they don't know what to make of it. Yeah. Or they're just in a boring fucking town. Yeah. I mean... I'm sure Houston was very different in 1953. Oh, yeah. I Case mean, point, young Hilda was just hanging out on her porch instead of like going to a Rockets game or something, which yeah, anything. I mean, how many movie theaters does Houston have? Probably a lot. Probably at this time, even probably. Yeah. But despite all that, Hilda Walker, she's hanging out on her porch with a couple of neighbors. Judy Meyer, 14, who was hopefully not also a young housewife. <laughs> and Howard Phillips, age 33. And they're just sitting outside, as people do, having a talk, probably chain smoking like a motherfucker. This is 1953. Yeah. What does a 14-year-old and a 33-year-old have in common? I, I don't even want to know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't want Batman, to I guess. <laughs> this friendship group is hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Batman, yeah. both this one and in general. That's probably, <laughs> those are probably. yeah. And here's a quote from Hilda Walker. 25 feet away, I saw a huge shadow across the lawn. I thought at first it was the magnified reflection of a big moth caught in the nearby street light. Then the shadow seemed to bounce upward into a pecan tree. We all looked up, and that's when we saw it. End quote. And what did they see? This description comes from Texas Public Radio. A man-like form stood six and a half feet tall with bat wings on its back. A strange yellow glow surrounded the Batman. He appeared to be dressed in gray or black tight fitting clothes. End quote. Hannah, did they just see Batman? Was that just like regular ass Batman? I I mean, it sure sounds like it. And now that I'm reading the um, the description that they gave, I'm not surprised that Batman came first. Yeah. They probably saw some really freaky creature that was just human-like enough, and Batman was in their minds. But also, Batman, Batman was... doesn't have wings. He's got a cape. That's true. That's, I mean, but... Um, actually, it's more like the Houston Superman. <laughs> Here's another quote from Hilda. We heard a loud swoosh over the housetops across the street. It was like the white flash of a torpedo-shaped object. I've heard so much about flying saucer stories. I thought all those people telling the stories were crazy, but now I don't know what to believe. I may be nuts, but I saw it, whatever it was. I sat there stupefied. I was amazed. 
So again, similar to Mothman, but not the same. Yeah. Mothman yeah. again, not wearing clothes. No, and it's it's ultimately like honest people not knowing what they're looking at. Right. Um, for the most part. Uh, yeah, it, it would be tempting to be like, is it was this just a dude wearing a Batman costume? But the part where it like flies up into a pecan tree and then yeah. <laughs> flies away. That's different. Yeah. I mean, it's during the day. Most most people don't realize how many actual bats there are on Earth. It's like 25% of mammals know. or something, mammal species or something ridiculous. And if you're seeing it during the day, if it's locked, used and awake and maybe coming from South America or something, which is very possible in Texas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You would not know what you were looking at. But this was actually at night because remember she said the. Oh, the, the street light. The street shadow of the street light. It's like a fucking Springsteen song. Yeah, the streetlight. Oh, I got, I got confused with your other notes from another time. Yeah, I think this was just a bat. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know what would have been that big that... There are I mean, some large bats. I mean... Six and a half feet tall? Well, this I would, is... I would, I would throw this myself off. There are five off foot of, tall bats. I would throw myself off a building if I saw a six and a half foot tall bat. I mean, there are bats as tall as me. Really? Yeah, they're not they're not where we're talking about. Uh I think they're in like South Asia. I don't also like that. I don't think they're very common and they look like little foxes. They're cute. Oh, little poppies. Can you give them a little scritch scritch? I, I don't think they uh I don't think they are comfy with humans, but if they've been raised by humans, I think so, yeah. Should we buy a five foot bat and raise it as a team? I would love that. Yeah. Oh my god. It would keep our respective cats in check, that's for sure. It definitely would. Also, the thing that makes bats kind of creepy to people, people say it's the wings. I think it's also the rodent-like feet. And you put that bat in like Jinkos. Oh, like, yeah. It has kind of come back a little bit. Yeah. Like you put that bat cute. in some baggy Y2K clothes, and that, that really solves that problem. Yeah. Put some sunglasses on it because it's daytime. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't like the light. Yeah. Oh, Cute. that'd be adorable. Cute. I love this. Gonna get a Houston Batman, the Los Angeles Batman. Yeah, put it in a in a little uh, Dodgers hat. No, oh, fuck the Dodgers. I don't. I don't know anything about the Dodgers. Uh, all I know is, in our old place, the Chihuahua across uh, the hall from us was a huge fan, always <laughs> in Dodger gear. <laughs> oh, puppy, pick better teams. <laughs> the other thing that's way different about the Houston Batman compared to Mothman is there aren't any negative connotations with the Houston Batman. He doesn't show up and then your living room explodes. Yeah. He doesn't anything. try to steal Linda Scarberry's baby. Oh, yeah. That's the woman who uh, continued to see Mothman after the first sighting of the four teenagers. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Didn't try to steal a baby. I wonder if she had sleep paralysis. That then sounds very likely, especially considering how traumatizing the first incident was. And how little sleep new parents get. Yeah, that could be it. That makes sense. It's too bad she didn't see the Houston Batman. Because it seems yeah. like when you see the Houston Batman, he's just like, hey, Houston Batman here. And then he flies away. Yeah. And he doesn't even actually say that. He just shows up and then disappears. Yeah, yeah. Just just spins his cap around, lowers and, his sunglasses, gives him a yeah. wink. <laughs> and the reason this story gets tied to Mothman, again, is because of the Mothman Prophecies movie. In the movie news articles about the Houston Batman flash on the screen as a character named Alexander Leak, which is just a version of the name of an actual Mothman Prophecies researcher, Alexander Keel, who I believe is the guy that wrote the Mothman Prophecies book. He, in the movie, is talking about how Mothmen were seen before other disasters like, quote, the hurricane of 1969 in Galveston. And Mothman researcher Lauren Coleman, of course, those still exist, who, by the way, has written a new Mothman book called Mothman Evil Incarnate. Ooh. And I feel like I need to read that and make an episode out of it. For one thing, it's only 152 pages. Oh, fuck. I'll read that. Yeah, that's about as long as I'd expect a new Mothman book. I, so, yeah, I mean, how much can you pat out your Mothman research? And she has a blog post out there where she points out that the famous hurricanes in Galveston, those did happen, but they were in 1900 
1915. So way before the Houston Batman sightings. You're not going to believe this. The movie was just making that shit up. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Now let's talk about arguably the Mothman sighting with the coolest name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the kind of name you want for a cryptid. Yeah. The Freiburg Shrieker. Am I right in that pronunciation? I wonder. I I do not speak German, but that sounds right. Freiburg. <laughs> yeah, the the phonetic spelling just like takes vowels out of the end. Because like, does yeah. German need vowels? Is it think. if it's the part that's near France, it might be Fry Freiburg. Freiburg. Yeah. Freiburg. Yeah. I do speak a little French, as you can hear just now. Yes. So coolest of the Mothman variations, arguably the most helpful. Yeah, sounds like it. And easily the fakest by far. Like this is 100% made up bullshit. I don't think like I don't think anyone even like ever reported this. I think this is just purely an Internet story that someone wrote. It sounds like it. That said, I love these Internet stories because they only really get popular when they're well written. Yeah. And And they're genuinely creepy. Yeah, this one is interesting. Yeah. According to a Dawn of the Internet blog post that we will link to, Freiburg is considered the warmest and sunniest city in all of Germany. So maybe it is near France. I mean, that's not boasting much. No, no. But also, what's that? That seems like a low bar. What is sunniest and warmest in Germany? What does that even mean? It's yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's I don't know. Summer gets into the, you know, maybe 78, 63 and partly cloudy some days of the year. I'm kind of jealous of Germans now. Uh, (laughs) It is still summer here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it, though. It's like cool. It's like jacket summer, though. Now. Well, I mean, you're not. Yeah, no, we're in we're in the valley. And also you are not uh, translucently pale. That's true. That's true. I forgot you burst into flames in the sun. I, I really do. It's It <laughs> sounds like a joke um, until you see me in the sun. And um, it's genuinely terrifying. I've been tested for lupus. It's not lupus. It's it's uh, it's a doctor house problem. Oof, that sucks. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's literally just I am so pale and global warming has gotten and I am such a sunny area. That's all yeah. it is. This is going to start happening to way more people. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's bad times. Get, have a doctor test your moles. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, so as the legend goes, on the morning of September 10th, 1978, couldn't hold off one day, make, it, <laughs> make 9-11 a double bagger. I mean, the Shrieker seems to be warning people of shit. So you'd think that whoever wrote this would make it 9-11 just to add that extra coincidence and then not mention it again. Yeah, and there is a surprising lack of Mothman sightings around 9-11, which I find interesting. Like, does Mothman just suck at their job? I agree. We should stop gendering Mothman, but still I'm, keep calling it Mothman, obviously. I mean, it it sounds like Mothman did not get that memo that the Bush White House got. Um, right. Mothman only knows about uh, how unstable bridges are, I guess. <laughs> right. Or... Unstable nuclear reactors. We'll get there. Oh, right. Yes. So as this legend goes, on the morning of September 10th, 1978, workers at a coal mine in sunny, beautiful Freiburg, Germany, mm-hmm. approached the mine's entrance to begin their work day. But as they got closer, they noticed a man who appeared to be wrapped in a dark trench coat standing in front of the entrance. This is kind of the dawn of the punk rock era. So I'm sure they were concerned it was a street hooligan of some sort with the trench coat. So they were all what the fuck and approached this guy, at which point that trench coat flapped open. Turns out it was a huge set of wings and everyone just stood there shocked for a little bit. And I'm sure this creature was like, so you're not scared. You're just going to stand there. All right, hold my beer. And at that point, it starts emitting these ear-piercing shrieks, at which point everyone flees to safer pastures, just which I'm imagining. Like, I have this vision of, like, all of Europe that isn't, like, London or Berlin is just picturesque 
countryside. And so I'm imagining they just run to like an open field and stand there and watch for a little bit, but they do that. They just, they just go run off somewhere. They describe the shriek as either the sound of 50 men screaming at once or a train using its brakes. Emergency brakes. Two very different sounds. Yeah. Two radically different sounds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe it was all of that at once. At once. Yeah. Yeah, and at a, that point, a ventriloquist shrieker that can really throw his voice and uh, went to clown school. And at this point, they report it to authorities. Just joking. They mm. absolutely don't do that. That's one of the suspicious things about this story as it's written, because even in that moment, they're like, no one knows why they didn't report it to authorities. And it's like, ah, you knew what we were going to ask. Good yeah. Job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say. This amount of people, yeah, it is suspicious that no, that they don't report it. But in general, if you see something that weird, it makes sense that you don't necessarily want to go to the cops, especially in, you know, 78, the height of drug paranoia. True. And in conjunction with everything else in this story, that is a red flag. Yeah. And so they decide that they're just going to observe this thing from a safe distance and they're going to busy themselves with some light cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> in the area where they were at, which again, I assume is just a patch of land littered with like ancient structures made of stone. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny stone hinges everywhere. <laughs> and about an hour later, they heard what sounded like an explosion at the side of the mine. And when they rushed over to see what happened, the figure was gone, but a huge plume of smoke was coming from that mine. It was a mine collapse, Hana. And if the miners had been in that mine, like they were supposed to be, they all would have died. Weird that miners aren't busying and distracting themselves with their jobs since that's right there. (laughs) You would think. Yeah, there's a lot of holes. Versus writers who tend to busy themselves with cleaning when they're stuck on their story that they're posting on early internet forums. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it. There's a lot of questions about this. If they were like all collectively late, like this is a mine. Like if they're showing up to work, it stands to reason that someone's already down there. Right. Expecting them to arrive. I mean, unless everyone does literally just show up all at once, but like no one was questioning why the mine hadn't started operating an hour into the workday. We're missing 50 people at this mine. (laughs) Where are they? And I mean, I know Europe is is a lot nicer about, you know, life work balance, but probably not if you work in a coal mine, though, probably not. Um, (laughs) Also, probably not if it's 50 people at once. (laughs) True. And one of the other weird things about this story is if you read deep enough into it, they get into how a bunch of the people who saw this thing had like traumatic experiences after and were like depressed, weren't able to find work, which implies that someone followed these people and kept track of this story in meticulous detail. Or they spoke to reporters or something. There was, I mean, these people may be alive now, but you know, this is early internet. First of all, they're not, they're old. They're not posting this shit. Right. And the thing is you have all those details, but we don't know the name of the mine. (laughs) like no one has ever been a like right up front the story is like in a a mine like an unnamed mine it's like if there if this happened if there was a mine collapse where 36 people almost died it would make some kind of news you would think and i'm presuming freiburg i mean it's not a town we've heard of it's probably not that big that would be pretty big news Yeah. And no one has ever been able to find evidence of a mine collapse in that area. Okay. I refuse to believe that Freiburg is that sunny because I just looked it up and it's right. It's really north. (laughs) So, yeah, probably not. I mean, again, that could still be as sunny as Germany gets. I I guess so. It's like at the border of Denmark almost. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, no one has any information on any of this. We don't know any of the miners' <laughs> names. There's no news articles about it. We don't know the name of the mine. We don't, there's like no news of a mine collapse. This one seems to be just 
the most made up based solely on like details we know about the Mothman. Yeah, and it's got some very writerly details in there. I mean, the Freiburg Shrieker, that is a good name. Yeah, that's a great name. It's a little yeah. on the nose, but still. It's it's a little on the nose, but that's that's I feel like that's good for a cryptid name because you kind of want to know some characteristic in the name. You kind of want you want some indication. I mean, Mothman is pretty descriptive. It is, but not nearly as descriptive as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Probably the second most famous Mothman sighting, but when you dig into it, there's not not a lot going on. There's not a lot of detail. It's mostly just that in the days leading up to the Chernobyl disaster, which I guess if anyone out there is unfamiliar, you're going to have to Google that. Yeah. What I love about this version of the Mothman sighting, it's very straightforward. There's just like a handful of employees who claim they saw a Mothman-like creature flying in the skies above the Chernobyl plant. And I think some of them saw it a little more up close. What I love is this description of them having strange encounters and phone calls after this happened. And it's like phone calls from, from, from the, from the Mothman. I mean, I guess this is cause I was literally just thinking, okay, they saw some Ravens, uh, but I guess this is where the man part comes in. Cause I don't think Ravens have the dexterity to dial phones. Yeah. And should a, a creature, this supernatural need to use the phone, like, couldn't it just get in your head somehow? How does it even know what phones are? I don't know. And I also can't tell if the myth around this is that they are warning the, it's that it is warning the people of an impending disaster or that it was part of the cause. Yeah. And just taunting them about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did it just call them and then realize, oh, fuck, I have bird vocal cords. I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. But I do know how to use a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ravens are smart. They are uh, smart, but they're also they very small. Tools. They are very small and they are definitely not strong enough to dial a rotary phone, which back then was probably <laughs> the thing. Yeah. 1986 in Ukraine, probably. Yeah, this one's weird. People describe having these like strange encounters, but you never hear what the encounters were. You never hear what the horrifying nightmares are. You never hear what was said on those phone calls. Like that seems like. If anything, I mean, it could just be caw, caw, caw. <laughs> it could be, but Mothman's not even a bird, right? Mothman's a moth. No, it just seems like the blackbird of Chernobyl sounds more like a bird. Oh, that's possible. But you got me there. You, you mean, win this one, Hannah. I mean, I don't know what that. It also caw, at least caw. five employees witnessed a dark, headless creature with gigantic wings and fire red eyes. Headless again. How are you going to talk on the phone? I guess the the. <laughs> uh, I don't. It's no it's head is so un. Like one thing we learned on the first episode is its head is just so unremarkable that people are like. Head, I think it had a head. I don't know. Mm, okay, so it's like it's like dazzle camouflage, where when when someone wears a ridiculous costume and commits right. a crime, eyewitnesses don't recognize the boring parts. Right. Yeah. That that's probably exactly it. Either that, yeah. or they just saw a fucking owl or something. Yeah. 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 Just a bird. And because uh, an owl, those assholes are smart. Like they'll make they're a song smart, call. and they're creepy. They're creepy as hell. If you. Don't, don't even get me started. I Look up what an I, owl looks like without its feathers. I still think owls killed Michael Peterson's wife. I mean, I, I have not seen that documentary, but I could believe you. They have insane beak force. And yeah, I, I, I know we were kind of arguing about that in an earlier episode. But again, I had not seen the full documentary. I'd only seen like first two episodes. And it seems, I mean. I mean, the marks on her head look like claw marks and she was found with strands of her own hair and a fucking owl feather in her hand. Like, I don't know how that doesn't speak to an owl having attacked her. And if you've ever been cut on the top of your head, it bleeds a fucking. Yes. Lot. Yes. So I could see her like stumbling in the house and slipping on her own blood. And I mean, especially if a large bird is attacking you, 
Yeah. I, I could definitely see someone. I mean, I would be surprised if owls hadn't killed anyone throughout history. That would oh, be yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of documented owl attacks, but those happen all the time. Yeah, they're yeah. they're predators and people don't realize how big and creepy they are. But they're also stupid ass birds. So they sometimes like mistake women's hair for their nest. And I mean, hair looks like twigs, I guess. Yeah. You do that, especially if your eyes are kind of primed for far away things and not really close up things. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, sorry, we've gone on all these tangents in the the, section. There's just no details about this. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is. Would think there would be the most details because we are the most fascinated by. I mean, Chernobyl was a horrible, horrible disaster. There, so there's so much news coverage surrounding it. You would think if this happened, there would be more. Yeah, you'd think there would be more news coverage of it. And when you dig into whatever amounts for official sources about this, a lot of it. They'll be like, well, yeah, you can't really verify it because everyone died of radiation poisoning. It's like, mm, that's convenient. Like, I mean, I yeah, I don't I don't also like for the phone calls, you would think that maybe the people who lived with them would be like, yeah, it was weird. We got phone calls. It was it was just the bird calling. <laughs> I do love the idea of that bird calling and then being like, fuck, I'm a bird. Yeah. Uh, anything right now. I don't speak Ukrainian. Oh. <laughs> or however birds say it in Ukrainian. Yeah, also headless. Like, you would think someone would, I don't know. I don't know. Let's birds talk about- can live for a while without their heads, but I don't think this is real. <laughs> Let's talk about one last Mothman. This one operating in my own state of birth for decades and decades and decades, and I had no idea. The Lake Michigan Mothman. Turns out there have been Mothman sightings in the Chicago area this whole time, going back as far as like 1957. That is when a man named Gerald Therese reported seeing a winged creature with the body of a large man while out hunting as a young man in Braidwood, Illinois. What I'm getting is these are city people who are not necessarily used to nature. Could be, yeah. But I don't know. Let's I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Well, there's also in 1969, a man named Floyd Hancock claimed that as a kid, he was abducted for an indeterminate amount of time by a tall winged humanoid before being returned. And here's Whoa. The thing. that doesn't sound like my moth, man. No. Kidnap kids. Well, at least unless you listen to Linda Scarberry, apparently. Oh, that's right. In June 1976, shortly after I was born, a man claimed his vehicle was attacked by a winged black creature with glowing red eyes in Waukegan, Illinois. And these sightings carry on for decades, like right up to modern day times. One of the most recent or one of the most famous happened on June 29th, 2017. And that is when a group of concerned citizens flagged down a nearby cop to point out a thing that had flown from a tree to the top of a building. And they just described it as a tall, dark thing with wide wings. So a bird, a large bird. Seems like a large bird, especially the part where it flies from a tree to the top of a building and then just stands there. Yeah. That's bird behavior all day. I I did just look it up, by the way. Um, Sandhill cranes can get up to like four foot six. Yeah, they're huge. They're very big. Yeah, so like a a short adult. And I feel like if you're encountered, if you were to encounter one and it had its wings out and the police were like, well, how tall was it? You're probably going to go from the top of the wings down. Like you're not going to pay attention to that unremarkable head and be like, (laughs) well, with its wings folded, it was about four foot six. But with the wings open, closer to like six foot two. No, you're just yeah. going to be like, motherfucker was huge. It's like six feet in the sky. Also, we are not predator birds, so we're not good at seeing things at great distances. So, yeah, I mean, people are estimating. And that's the thing about the Lake Michigan Mothman sightings. They're all just that. It's all just, oh, shit, look at that. Yeah. Like, 
I think you're seeing a bird. I think I think you're seeing a very big bird, which I've seen birds in the sky before that I had never seen and was just like really alarmed. Oh, yeah. As a city person, it can be extremely freaky to realize how large birds can get. Yeah. And like how some birds act like. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing dinosaurs. This bird once when I was in South Dakota that was just like making this crazy shrieking noise and it would just like dive like it would fly straight down so fast and then like stop and like more shrieking noise go up like dive back down and I was like is that thing should I be out here smoking right now is that thing gonna come for me is it looking for prey yeah. it didn't even even ravens and and crows they're a lot larger than you think and they remember your face which is yeah always they used to resent my mom because she's very safety focused she would always honk when backing out of her driveway a lot especially when she had a taller car so that you know anything would get out of the way and they resented her they would follow her and swoop her that sounds silly but my dad told me a very similar thing except about blue jays there were i didn't know blue jays could do that i know i know uh corvids definitely they'll like tell their family about you if they like or dislike you he's he uh as a kid there were blue jays like he lived in one house and we had other family members who lived right next door. And for like the span of about a year, every time he would walk over to that other house, he would get swooped by these blue Jays and they only did it to him. <laughs> no one else. They just <laughs> needed my fucking dad for some reason. Yeah. And they they pick someone for whatever reason. Sometimes they're wearing something shiny. Um, They'll pick people or people who've like accidentally like swiped at them or something. Yeah. They will resent you and they will generationally, they will tell their children about you. Like Jaws Revenge, where he follows the family behind. I, I know, I know, I didn't know Blue Jays did that, but crows definitely do. I mean, they use yeah. crosswalks. Yeah. <laughs> crows are smart. Yeah. They use tools and crosswalks and they use crosswalks to crack nuts. I don't know. They're insane. But, uh, we use guns, so we yeah. still have the advantage over them. I mean, you would think that um, you would think that someone would have like downed one of these black-winged figures in any of these towns. Uh, oh, especially in Chicago. Like, it does stand to reason that Mothman would be in Chicago like every weekend if he's a harbinger of doom. He's like, you see how many guns you got here? It's a big, big problem. Do I have to come back next weekend? I sure do. Every single weekend, Mothman in Chicago. That's why he's not been seen anywhere else. It's too busy yeah, trying I mean, to I, shut I, down I the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, if they are harbingers of doom, they should really just every single step all over the states right now. They should be in Washington, D.C. Am I right? I was going to say. <laughs> cutting edge uh, comedy. Right cutting here. edge political humor. That's what yep. we do here. Yeah, pretty yeah. scary. I mean, yeah, they should be elected speaker. Uh, <laughs> that was an improvised rim shot. So let's talk about a, a full circle Mothman sighting that happened in 2016. This really, this is so up my alley. Let's do it. I hate a fucking owl so much. In 2016, things came full circle when an unidentified person took photos of what they believed to be a Mothman flying in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where it all started. The photographer gave these photos to a local news station, and those photos were published for all the world to see in November 2016. I don't know, I can't remember if we had anything else going on at the time that would have made it so we all missed these photos I think November 2016. November 2016, yeah. No, yeah, I don't remember anything yeah, significant. And let me tell you, having looked at these pictures, they are highly compelling. But just in that, it very much looks like a bird flying with something in its mouth. Yeah, I'm looking for the uh, the pictures now. The um, Click on the Snopes article. The Snopes one has the pictures. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that does look like the shadow of a bird and if you didn't know how long their legs were it is a manly silhouette yeah if you look at it one direction it does kind of look like a man 
with yeah. weird, with legs that would lend themselves to being a very clumsy runner. It looks like yeah. this man skips leg day, like leg day never happened in this man's world. Yeah, it could also um, just be a bird where, you know, the tail feathers are darker on the ends. So it just looks like legs to us. Yeah. And someone pointed out that it might be a type of bird called a shite poke. Which, oh, I love bird names. That's a funny name. Uh, boobies. <laughs> right? Uh, boobies and tits. A very crappy camera for 2016. Yeah, the, the picture, I mean, I guess it could be a really good picture, like or a really good camera, because maybe this is like super late at night. But yeah, it does look extremely cloudy. Yeah, they are not clear. They're very grainy. And the thing is, one person mentioned, well, that looks like a shite poke. And someone else was like, yeah, one of those with something in its mouth. Hmm. And when you like put those two things together in your mind and then look at this picture of Mothman, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like it's one of these birds flying with like a snake or something in its mouth. Yeah. Which- Predatory birds do eat snakes on occasion. Yeah. And it, I mean, it could be like a snake. It could be a squirrel. Like it could be mm-hmm. any number of things that this bird is flying with. And that thing's probably flopping around in its mouth, making all sorts of weird movements. But that's what it looks like to me. I know it's crazy of me to say, but I don't think it's a mothman. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I will say if this is. A uh, if this is a moth person, um, they need serious foot surgery. Yeah, yeah. They they have some severe severe injuries or deformities, and they would not be able. They would walk very awkwardly. Yeah, clumsy runner. Yep, they would. Uh, they would indeed be clumsy runners, almost like they were meant to fly and didn't have human legs. But there's also a very noticeable head. Which... Oh yeah, yeah. That that, that is. That does not conform. That's true. It's yeah. actually huge. Like Yeah, it is remarkable. Yeah, it's very remarkable. So yeah. Yeah. it looks like um Billy Quizboy from Venture Brothers. <laughs> looks exactly like that. I know. That was a that was a very uh relevant and uh recognizable <laughs> reference. That was a deep cut. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think this was a mothman. I I just I really I, I really still think people are just seeing birds. You know? Yeah. I I think that when you, especially if you live in a major city like Chicago, you probably just don't see that much wildlife. Even even if you're just in a small town, anywhere humans are, wildlife tends to avoid. Yeah. If you're in Chicago, you're just seeing rats. Yeah. And and a lot of mosquitoes in Lake Michigan. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. People underestimate what the Midwest is like in the summer. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the winters are brutal, but so are the summers. They're Oh, yeah. I mean, that that wind is thick. The humidity in the Windy City is serious. Yeah. it's. I, I remember it, and I was seven when I was last time I was there. So it's definitely something. So I think that's our episode. Hannah, thank you for helping us bring back Pretty Scary. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to talk about all these moth people. Um even if they were just birds. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure we'll do more episodes about cryptids. There's yes, please. There's so many. There's, there's so, so many. There's and, yeah. And the, the way that um, cryptids kind of seem to be um, the way that they intersect with folklore and modern life is always awesome and fascinating. Yeah. Um, they're like, I would, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to go on. Um because <laughs> I, I will and it'll be a problem um we'll we'll talk about it on a future episode fuck yes let's do it how about that i did not ask if i was allowed to swear and i said fuck like five times oh, fuck yeah you can swear you've you've been on other podcasts of mine before or yeah but I, I just it's a good habit to cultivate swearing's fucking cool it's great yeah but i, I also think that like uh it's good to ask sure yeah that makes sense hey i appreciate it and I appreciate you doing the pod. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? I have a show November 10th at the Sardine in San Pedro. I'm going to be doing comedy along with Connor McSpadden and Lindsay Adams and Kevin Anderson. And there's going to be music afterwards. Countless thousands is doing a set. 
other bands are doing music also. So come out. The Sardine is cool. It's a little punk rock club in the South Bay, and it fucking rules. Nice. And uh, that's all I got for right now. Hannah, what do you got to plug? Um, so I have been um, life coaching, which after you've listened to this episode, you can tell I really have my shit together and should be doing this. But <laughs> one thing I'm guessing that a lot of people who listen to this podcast do is write or make art. And one thing I often do for people is I'm there to help you brainstorm. I'm there to create deadlines um, when you don't have external deadlines. Um, I'm there to help you plot stories or figure out the intention behind whatever piece of art you're doing and um, and keep the gatekeepers out of your head, keep you from editing on a first draft, whatever that means for you. So um, you can email Hannah Michaels LA at gmail.com. Uh, it's H A N A M I C H E L S L A at gmail.com. And having plugged this, uh, I see why my therapist has told me to go back to stand up. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I mean, that's not something you want to hear from a therapist. <laughs> no, not really. I, it's, I think it was after I killed at my grandma's funeral and told her about it. And she was like, you need to. That's great. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I know that she would have uh, appreciated it, so it actually yeah. did feel good. Um, she was she was great, and um, she was not. Uh, she was definitely not shy at all. You could tell her the filthiest joke in the world, and she'd love it. So I'm glad. Um, everyone described her as like, and I'm sorry for going on, but everyone described her as like, not that opinionated, not that vocal. And Dave who had met her was really surprised. Like she seemed really opinionated to me. And I had to explain to him that's Jew for normal. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's Jewish person for like a normal amount of opinions. Yeah. Sometimes chooses not to argue. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. We should get out of here. Hannah. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>